Anyways, are we already? Yeah. I could go ready? on forever. I'm so fucking wound up. Wow. Anyways. Is this episode 97? That's what I got. We're going to go with it. All right. That's what I got. Perfect. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of 430 in the Morning. It's your boy, Ben. And Pat is back as well. Episode 97. 97. Cameron Hayward. Is it? Yep. Former Ohio State Buckeye, I think. Yep, current uh, defensive end for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, he's good with Ohio State. Um, I don't know as much about his time on the pros, but those college days are Con- pretty good. Consistent top three defensive end, defensive lineman. Fair enough. Anyways, I got no players today, 97. That was your the Princess Diana got killed. Yeah, uh, Nick Boza, 97. Is right? he? Or is that his brother? I think they're both 97. I think they are both 97. What are the chances that you have two kids... That are both, like, NFL superstars. The Watts. Yeah, four, three kids. The Mannings, I guess. Edmonds. Who was a safety for the Patriots for a while? The McCordys. The McCordys, yeah. Um, didn't Donovan McNabb have a, have a brother? I don't know. The Kelseys. Oh, the Kelseys, yeah. Well, the Cars. Or is Derek Carr the son of the other Carr? Or are they brothers? I don't know. I'm not sure. You know who, you know David Carr? Remember David Carr? I don't know if you even remember him. Are they brothers? Were they both quarterbacks? Yeah, they're both quarterbacks. David Carr was like early 2000s. He kind of flamed out quickly. And then Derek Carr came along. I think Might they're be brothers. I think they're brothers. I think there's like there's like an age gap or something. Sure. I don't know. NFL offensive linemen seem to be brothers, like the Mitchell Schwartzes. The Haywards. The Haywards. Are there Hayward? Ca- Connor. Connor Hayward. I know there's a Connor Hayward. You had Mitchell Schwartz and Joff. Joff Schwartz. Jeff Schwartz. I think it was Jeff, but it was G-E-O-F-F. So really? I call him Joff. Geoff. Geoff. Yeah. They were pretty good. A lot of NFL brothers, I guess, if you think I mean, about the it. the Harbaugh's? They're called both two coaches? They're both idiots as far as I'm concerned. They're annoying, yeah. So I got a really weird one for oh, real quick. There's a baseball player, and I can't remember. I don't know where the hell he plays for or who he plays for, but his name is Wilmer Flores, and he's a pretty prominent, like, well-known baseball player. I can't remember what team he plays for, but he's a, he's a pretty big name, like an all-star, etc. So I was looking at this Hikers roster, like they're minor leaguers one time, and they had a Wilmer Flores in the system. So I click on it, I'm like, ooh, this is kind of interesting. There's another Wilmer Flores out there i wonder if they're related turns out they're brothers and the dad just keeps naming the kids wilmer and neither <laughs> of them are gonna neither of them want to go by anything else so they're both wilmer flores and they're, and they're fucking brothers yeah that'd be annoying anyways i could go on forever that's funny what kind of news you got today sir i have four but i figured we might have one that is the same okay sounds good so we'll see i'll tell you what you go ahead and dive in i'll start off this is probably the one that you have this is from our favorite upi odd news uber eats delivery man walks on court interrupts duquesne loyal game. This is actually really funny if you watch the video. I, I saw this. I didn't do it. And this was, I don't know why I didn't do this one, but I, I didn't do this one. I don't today. know if this guy did this on purpose or he was actually just trying to do his job. Go ahead and get into it because I've got a lot of questions. <laughs> a college basketball game between Duquesne and Loyola was disrupted when an Uber Eats delivery man walked on the court in the second half while searching for the recipient of an order from McDonald's. The odd occurrence happened about four minutes into the second half of Duquesne's 72-58 to win over over Loyola on Wednesday at the UPMC Cooper Field House in Pittsburgh. I really didn't see it, Duquesne coach Keith Dambrot told reporters at his post-game news conference. I saw the video after the game. Our guys were dying laughing. The guy had a job to do, and he did his job well. Loyola d- junior Philip Alston had possession of the ball. He was attempting to clear the space away from the defender when the Uber Eats man walked just inches behind him. <laughs> 
The delivery man just missed running into the six foot six forward before he was spotted by our referee who stopped the game. He was going to deliver the McDonald's to somebody on the court. Can we rule that out? One of the play-by-play announcers said on ESPN Plus broadcast, maybe I'll put my hand up. I'm getting a little hungry. Fans of the reporters at the game tweeted that the delivery man eventually found the hungry customer. Uber Eats replied to the Twitter post of the incident by tweeting, nothing but net. <laughs> so I've got like a million questions with this one. First of all, what the fuck? Who the fuck is who the fuck is ordering this? Who's ordering this? But who's letting this guy in? I mean, seriously. Yeah, who let this guy? I in mean, the you stadium? look at you look at like the plant, for example. People order Uber Eats all the time. Yeah. To the plant. And usually every day I walk outside and I see someone's order that was abandoned because nobody came to pick it up. <laughs> but you can't get in. Right. Now, at a basketball game, unless maybe this is a situation where they're not selling tickets. Like, I feel like I've never really been to a sporting event that they're not selling tickets to. Like, have you ever gone to a sporting event where they just kind of let you in? No. Just, like, let you walk in? It's only happened to me once. Me and my dad went to a minor league baseball game once. Back at an old stadium out in the middle of nowhere, like, 20 years ago. 25 years ago. And we were there to see the fireworks after the game. But for some reason, me and my father were just, like, wandering around. We ended up wandering into the stadium during the game. <laughs> But nobody said anything. It's right. like the only time where something like that's ever happened to me. If you're an Uber Eats delivery driver, what do you just say? Oh, Uber Eats, and they just let you in? I don't know. Like, how does stadium I've, security ever handle this? Because I've been to, I've only been to two NBA games sure. in my life, but I've been to quite a few NFL games. Sure. You don't just stroll in. No. It doesn't happen. Now, college might be a little bit different, sure. especially Duquesne's a small school. Maybe it's a little bit... He could have snuck in, honestly. He, yeah, he could have snuck in, but still, I've never seen anything like this before. My thing is, if you're an Uber Eats driver, and you show up to this location, and the person who has ordered does not come out and present himself or herself to the driver, and you walk into the stadium full of <laughs> 10,000 people, how do you expect to find this person? That's... <laughs> How do you expect to find this person? Well, where, yeah, and at the same time, where's the common sense? Like, who the fuck walks out onto the court of the game? <laughs> like, I feel like this has to be a prank. This or has something. to be a prank. This has to be a setup. There's no this, way this is real. There's no way. No, I have heard in the past, I've had friends who've been pizza delivery drivers, etc. They've always said that if you walk around carrying a pizza, you can gain access anywhere. Like, they were like, yeah, I was, at, I was in like the surgery room of like a hospital once because somebody <laughs> ordered a pizza and nobody told me not to go in that's so funny so i've always heard that because everyone's worried about getting their food yeah no i don't do uber eats on have you ever done have you ever done uber eats before or doordash i don't do any of those i think early on in the pandemic we had uber eats but we sure. only we only used it like once sure i i i like doordash better just, it makes me nervous like the whole process makes me nervous why i don't like people come to my house i really don't like i've had dudes that have like like giving me my food and been like like trying to look around me trying to case the house and i'm like get the fuck out of here well you don't answer the door oh really they leave it at your door and then they'll take a picture and send it to you to let you know it's there oh okay and then they drive off i guess i'm doing it wrong then you are doing it wrong. i'm like waiting for these people to show up <laughs> anyways is that all you got with that one yeah i feel like we could talk about that one for an hour yeah what you got my first one also comes from our favorite UPI Odd News. Aggressive turkey causes chaos in Minnesota neighborhood. I almost did this one. This one's pretty funny. Residents of a Minnesota neighborhood said they are under constant attack from an increasingly aggressive turkey that took up residence in the area. Rachel Gross said the turkey first showed up at the mobile home park in Coon Rapids as part of a flock in November of 2021. But the bird stayed behind when the rest of its cohorts moved on a few weeks later. She said the turkey has become increasingly aggressive, often attacked 
attacking people and damaging cars and other property. This turkey attacks me every single day, follows me, goes up my stairs, then tries to get into my house. <laughs> when I leave my car, it follows my car. Unbelievable. Gross told WCCO-TV. Neighbors said children have to carry sticks when they walk to the school bus in the morning to keep the turkey from chasing after them. Residents said they have contacted the Department of Natural Resources, but were only offered advice about how keeping the turkey about keeping the turkey from finding food. It's not safe for anybody, including the turkey, so I would just like it to be relocated to a place where it could be with other turkeys and not be a nuisance to people or potentially hurt somebody, resident Emily Alston said. Scott and Noland, wildlife manager for the Department of Natural Resources, said officials are reluctant to relocate nuisance turkeys as they often go on to cause further problems <laughs> elsewhere. <laughs> Removing the bird is kind of the last resort, no one told the Washington Post. We don't want to do it right away in situations like this. So, okay, we're talking why? about why we're talking about over a year of terrorism for this fucking turkey. <laughs> okay, none of this. This is so ridiculous because none of this shit needs to happen. Why couldn't they just come and pick up this damn turkey? I'm surprised I haven't gotten shot by now. I mean, yeah. seriously, are you kidding me? Like a group of men couldn't just come together and figure out how to capture this thing? There might not be many in Coon Rapids. It's Minnesota. I don't know. Where is this place at? Where Where is this town at? This Minnesota. Is a, this Coon is a, Rapids, Minnesota. This is a big town. I have no idea. I've never heard of it before. Like, no one can figure out how to capture this turkey? I'm surprised. Like I said, I'm surprised nobody has shot it. Yeah, that too. Like, even if you don't need... I mean, the kids are whacking it with sticks, obviously. This the article shared that. How is this thing still alive? This is following cars? Like, this thing hasn't been hit by a car yet? Yeah. It's following this woman up the damn stairs. <laughs> Into her house. Dude, none of this shit needs to happen. I don't know why they, they just can't come and pick this damn turkey up. Have take... you ever rumbled with a turkey before? Have you ever gotten into it with a turkey? You can't say that I have. I can't say that I have either. Now, chickens will fuck you up. No. I just I can't figure out why don't you shoot it. Like, why doesn't somebody just shoot the damn thing? I did almost get into a tumble with a bird. I can't think of what the name of the bird is. It was on the beach in, in Florida once. Uh... Pelican. It wasn't a pelican, though. It was... The legs were extremely skinny, like sticks. Like a flamingo. It was almost... It wasn't a flamingo, but... A crane? Maybe a crane. Sure. But I don't I'd have to show you the picture. I was in my wrestling stance ready to... Because it, it started, like, coming at me. I'll have to show you the picture. Sounds like a great story. It is. Anyways, that's all I got with that one. I thought that was kind of funny. That is funny. That was a good one. I don't know. I would shoot it. I feel like it would be shot by now. Or I would whack it with my machete or something. Yeah, depending where it's at. This is, like, a place, like... I don't know. Kind of, like, out in the boonies. Coon Rapid sounds like it's pretty far out there. Yes. <laughs> I feel like I've been shot by now. Exactly. Anyways, what else you got today, sir? This is another one from our favorite UPI Odd News. Maryland nine-year-old finds 15 million-year-old Megalodon tooth. This one is incredible. I saw this one. I didn't bring this one to the table, so I'm glad we're uh, talking about it. This is uh, January 24th. A Maryland nine-year-old searching for shark teeth on a beach made her largest discovery to date, a 15 million-year-old Megalodon tooth. Molly Sampson was out searching for shark teeth on Culvert County Cliffs on Christmas Day when she found a megalodon tooth the size of her hand. Think about that for a second. That's crazy. You're already out there looking for shark teeth and you find this? Are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) 
I couldn't believe it. It was so exciting, Samson told WJLA-TV. I usually find little ones. I never thought I would find a big one like that. Samson took her discovery to the Culvert Marine Museum in Solomon's Island, where experts confirmed it was an ancient megalodon tooth. Based on where she found it on Culvert Cliff, we estimated that it's about 15 million years old, said Stephen Godfrey, the museum's curator of paleontology. Samson says she hopes to become a paleontologist when she grows up. How cool is that? That is one of the coolest news stories we've ever done. I mean, Good could for you her. imagine? I hope she does become a paleontologist. I hope so, too. And makes awesome discoveries. But this is a kid that obviously she already has the interest. She's already out there doing this and finds, like, the, the find of the fucking century <laughs> as a nine-year-old. Could you imagine? How cool is that? Yeah, that is that is one of the better news stories we've ever done. That's Miss cool Samson, one. you have a bright future ahead of you. Hopefully you listen to 4.30 in the morning. Yeah, if she wants to come on and talk to us about her adventures. Definitely. That would be definitely interesting to see. Um, 15 million years old. That's unreal. Now, we've talked about Megalodon several times on the show before. That's just mind-boggling. What's the chance that just, that's just sitting around? And, you know, she's how old? They said, like, she's nine. Nine. Like, how far do you think this girl's going to be digging? Like, it was obviously just, probably just sitting there. Sure. That just... Just washed up. That's hell of a find. To me, that's incredible. Anyways, I got a new one. This is a good one, though. Let's hear it. MSN.com is going to be my source, and this one I just found today. I guess this is a recent, pretty recent publication. A classified UFO recording has been released, and it is concerning U.S. intelligence. Uh Uh-oh. A video recording of a metallic-looking ball running alongside a spy plane is allegedly now being investigated by America's military and intelligence community, and the hosts of the show Weaponized have obtained an image of it. Filmmaker Jeremy Corbell and his co-presenter, journalist George Knapp, discussed the image of the UFO, which was produced by the Pentagon's Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Task Force. It is now known as Mosul Orb because it was spotted flying over the northern Iraq border back in April 2016. Corbell and Knapp said the picture was released as part of a classified briefing for U.S. officials, but they wanted to share it with their viewers and listeners. Here's the very basics. It's called the Mosul Orb, and it's an image taken in northern Iraq, Corbell explains in the first episode of their series. This is in the UFO category within our intelligence community. There's an example of one of the UFOs that our military and intelligence community is looking at. Um, It goes on for a while, but, you know, this is typical Jeremy Corbell type shit, releasing images and footages that no one else seems to know about. <laughs> now, I don't know where the hell he's getting his information from, because we, this is like probably the third or fourth time we've talked about Jeremy Corbell releasing classified alien information and the government getting pissed off about it. So That says I mean, something. The, the government's thing, getting pissed off about it. Well, the thing with Jeremy Cormell, Corbell, whatever the fuck his name is, is he is very easy to make fun of. He really is. That being said, I do respect him to an extent. Sure. Because he does make content that is pretty good. Not bad. It not really bad. isn't bad. Like his Skinwalker Ranch thing wasn't bad. Um, the Bob Lazar thing I thought was pretty good. Yeah. And he consistently stands by the shit that he does. He consistently works on it. And he does produce stuff. Sure. He does find stuff. Now, he is a weirdo. Like, there's no getting around <laughs> that. Uh, there's no getting around the fact that he gets wound up about dumb shit. And he doesn't think things through occasionally. Sure. But there is, there. he does good work. Like, there's... There's stuff to, like, I would have him on the show. I would like to have 100%, him on the show. 100%. I would love to just have a good conversation with him. I wouldn't be making fun of him or anything. I'm just having a solid, just a solid discussion about what's going on. You know what I mean? Sure. So, 
what I can't figure out though is him and George and that have just like they're like they're like two peas in a pod now. You never see one name without the other these days. Now, George Knapp's got to be in his 70s by now. And every time Jeremy Corbell introduces George Knapp, he introduces him as my mentor in journalism, George Knapp. But I don't know. So I think it's pretty cool. Now, I did not see the video. I don't know if you've seen the video of this one yet. Mm -mm. It's this orb that's keeping up with a spy plane. And they caught it in Iraq in 2016. I guess it was a U.S. spy plane that was flying up there. Mm. They said it was a four-second video, but it was a pretty pretty compelling (laughs) (laughs) four-second. <laughs> have to look this up. Yeah, definitely. So that's pretty much all I got with that one. The article goes on forever. You guys can check that one out at msn.com. But this is, again, there's been a lot of amplified buzz in terms of what I've been seeing. Right. Where the government's starting to say, hey, you know, I don't think they should have leaked this one or that one or the other one. Now, it could mm. all be smoke. It could all be smoke and mirrors, but I don't so, know. Somehow he's got some type of contact in the government. And, and that's what I can't figure out is he's consistently getting these, leaking these videos. So, yeah, I mean, make fun of them all you want. He's producing content. He's, he's that, doing shit. He's producing shit that people else, other people can't seem to do. So He's getting shit done. Anyways, what else you got? This will be my my last one. I don't really know if this is a news story. This is actually a post that I saw on Facebook. Sure. This is Guinness World Records in Los Angeles. New record. Largest pizza. 13,990 square feet. <laughs> Congratulations to Air Rack and Pizza Hut. The ingredients for this gargantuan pizza were 13,653 pounds of dough, 4,948 pounds of sweet marinara sauce, over 8,800 pounds of cheese, and roughly 630,000 1,496 regular and cupped pepperoni. It was created to celebrate the return of Pizza Hut's The Big New Yorker and was also the milestone of Air Rack, reaching 10 million subscribers on YouTube. Following the confirmation of the record, the pizza was donated to several charities in Los Angeles. Previous record holder measured 13,580.28 square feet, achieved by NIP Food in Rome, Italy in 2012. That's the end of it. Pretty big pizza. Yeah, it's wild. We'll have to share this on Facebook. Facebook, but that's the pizza. That's absolutely absurd. That is absurd. Like, who the fuck came up with this idea? How the hell do they cook that? And how the it look? I don't know what this thing is, but it looks like some type of remote cooker. And I don't. I don't know how <laughs> yeah. it. I don't know how it gets around the whole pizza and how it gets it's, to the whole pizza. It's probably like a like a Roomba. Yeah, but maybe it's a drone Roomba type thing. Yeah, that's pretty cool. But how I wonder how they divvied this thing up to the charity. Yeah, who, who cut like, this thing? Could you imagine being the poor homeless guy? Well, he got the slice of this pizza that we cooked by means that we can't explain. That was laying on the concrete. Yeah. And uh, this is wild. It's crazy. That's pretty funny. That's all I got news-wise. I got one more. This one, this will be a quick one. And, you know, you talked about a crazy drive through experience you had before we got this episode started today. I've got a crazy drive through story for you. Nice. I want to know how you would react in this situation. This one's going to come from foxbusiness.com. This one happened last week. McDonald's customer mistakenly given bag containing thousands of dollars in cash <laughs> instead of food. <laughs> <laughs> McDonald's in Indiana accidentally gave a customer a bag of cash instead of his order when he went to pick up his food. The customer, identified as Josiah Vargas, received thousands of dollars in cash, according to the video he posted on TikTok. Vargas is seen in the video pulling a small plastic bags of cash out of the McDonald's bag. What is this? Why would they do this? He asked 
in the video. He then wondered what he should do with a bag of money. Why would you guys do this to me? You know how bad I want this money, he asked her in the clip. Although he admit he was tempted to keep it, Fargus is eventually seen in the video walking back into the McDonald's to return the cash. He said he returned the money to the fast food chain because he is a good person. McDonald's employees could be heard on the video expressing their gratitude and relief when he returned the money. Oh my god, look at that, an employee said. I really want to give you a hug. Fargus then walked outside the store and the employees were crying as they hugged him and thanked him. I guess uh, they ended up giving him a little bit of the cash after he returned it. They gave him like 200 bucks. They gave him like free McDonald's for a month after that. There's a lot <laughs> going on. There's a ton going on. With this okay. <laughs> so, number one, somebody in this McDonald's, this is in Indiana somewhere, somebody had thousands of dollars worth of cash. Now, how much actual physical cash you think of McDonald's, an average McDonald's brings in in a day? Quite a bit. Like physical paper money? 10000 you think they make in? You think an average McDonald's has $10,000 of bills coming in? Probably not. Probably not. So where the hell did this cash come from? This is early in the day. This isn't like this is like late night lunch hour. This is McMuffin time. Yes. So we're talking thousands of dollars of cash. This couldn't have been store money. Somebody came into McDonald's. Yeah, this definitely seems like some type of payment to Some somebody. type of drug deal or something. Yeah, this is some type of deal going on. And so, that dude was so happy that his ass didn't get caught because he probably realized that that employee realized right away he gave that shit to the wrong person. Yeah, no shit. You asked me what I would do in that situation. I would think exactly what I'm thinking right now. I'm like, there's no way in hell. Someone just gives me a bag full of cash <laughs> at McDonald's. Something is really fishy here. I'm not going to go yeah. back in. I wouldn't go back in. I don't I don't know. What would you do? What would you do, though? I would probably take it to the authorities. Like, I was in McDonald's, and I got a bag of four grand in cash See, from the employee. Like, what would, what so would you, you do? You would go, you would go to the authorities? I don't know what I would do. I would probably be pretty fucking pissed because if I'm going to McDonald's, yeah, I'd to be get really food, pissed, and I don't I have my want food. My fucking food. There's a reason why I'm going there. You know what I mean? It might go back. Shit, maybe I go back around the drive-through and get my order. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine the balls you would have? You look in, it's like ten thousand dollars worth of cash. Hey, you didn't put my McMuffin in. <laughs> <laughs> like the the article wasn't specific. It said thousands of dollars in cash. Yeah, it didn't give an actual dollar amount. So I'm assuming it's over $1,000. Yes. I'm thinking probably five or six Gs. Based on little plastic bags, plural, probably, I would say this is probably at least $5,000. So are you a bad person if you keep the money? No. I probably would have kept it. Just your lucky day. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't know, man. I I feel like that money was there for the wrong reasons. I don't think think anything good was coming out of it. I feel under $10,000, though. What kind of effort is going to be put into recovering this? Probably not a lot. It's like there's there's a threshold. There is a number where it's like, okay, this is too much money. I'm not going to keep it because I don't want anybody looking for it. Sure. I don't think $5,000 cracks that threshold. Maybe not. And how sophisticated is a, I don't know. Anyone smuggling uh, how, money. How, through McDonald's drive through <laughs> I mean, I've done some low-level money smuggling before in my life. Sure. Maybe not, nothing up to this level, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. know. I just something, think it's, it's funny. Definitely something fishy is going on. See, I feel like if there was something fishy going on, this wouldn't have the attention of Fox Business. I don't feel like Fox Business is going to be broadcasting drug crimes for fun to the point where this guy's going to get interviewed. You know what I mean? I guess. So, but I they, don't know. It doesn't sound like any further investigation into this was taken. Because <laughs> we no. obviously don't know, we don't know the source of where this money came from. <laughs> even, even if there was no malicious background of this whatsoever, who the fuck keeps $5,000 worth of money in a McDonald's bag. <laughs>
Right. It brings it to work. It brings it to work. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know about all that. So there's plenty of questions. If you have ever gotten money from a drive-thru in this quantity, please tweet us at 30 and please let us know. And let us know what you would do. Yeah, so this could be a great conversation starter for our Facebook page, I feel like. Maybe we'll go on there and ask the question. Yes, I guess on Spotify you can ask questions. I guess we were doing it for a while and we didn't realize it. (laughs) (laughs) Are you kidding me? Yeah, I, I figured it out like four weeks ago that we were posting questions and it was just like a random thing that anchor added our <laughs> posting platform and we were asking all these questions and we didn't get any answers so anyways on to the main topic pat what is our main topic for the day this is gonna be another classic man episode i hope not today we're gonna be talking about forbidden places how cool is that it's a very interesting topic now this is one that i've been studying for like six years it's a popular thing on youtube like there's like these forbidden places videos mm-hmm. yep and it's like you could watch like the top 15 or the top 20 you're gonna see the same like 15 or 16 places yep now i thought i had some pretty unique ones i really did and i brought like four or five to the table today yep i tried to come up with the most interesting ones that i possibly could but since this is your episode do you want to dive into some of our forbidden places sure this first one i never really heard about i'm sure you have you ever heard of dulce base dulce base yes dulce base and i cannot remember where the hell i heard about this one and i we might have talked about it on one of the alien episodes before. i don't i don't remember talking about this i don't place. remember i don't remember talking about it but i feel like we might have this one came up in that alien agenda book among other places that i've read Mm -hmm. this is a really good one though so go ahead and get in yeah, we'll see. Dulce Base is located in a small town of Dulce, New Mexico. Now, this is said to be some big, giant underground facility where crazy experiments take place and have animal-human hybrids. Yes. Now, there are also some other theories that goes on in this spot. Plenty Pat, of other theories. Pat probably knows all about it. The theory is that this is actually like a jointly operated human and alien underground facility. That, like, aliens and humans co-operate this place. Yes. But aliens are basically in the full control, and they do alien, human, and animal hybrid experiments. Yeah, this would be the gray aliens. Yes, the gray aliens. But the claims of alien activity first arose from an Albuquerque businessman named Paul Benowitz. And uh, that started around 1979 when Benowitz became convinced that he was intercepting electronic communications from alien spacecraft and installations outside of Albuquerque. By the 1980s, he believed that he had discovered the secret underground base near Dulce, populated by the gray aliens, as Pat just mentioned, and humans. Other claims were made in the area, too, by a New Mexico state trooper named Gabe Valdez. He claims to see to have seen multiple cats cattle mutilations around that area too i guess a lot of there's been a lot of sightings in this area of random shit sure along with ufo sightings sure he claims to have seen sightings of black silent sophisticated aircraft and the discovery of a fetus inside of a dead cow but not a calf fetus it was like a weird hybrid looking thing sure (laughs) <laughs> it looked like a human, a monkey, and a frog is what this guy said, what it looked like. I'm going to ask the question, how much peyote was this guy <laughs> consuming? I don't know. But, yeah, this place is heavily guarded. Can't go there. You can't go in there and visit. Sure. And uh, it's kind of it's kind of crazy looking. It's basically like a big mountain, kind of. I feel like we've talked about this place before. There was an episode we did, like, Natural Phenomena or Unexplained Phenomena or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that one. I remember that one. And you were talking about something like New Mexico hum and i think i said that oh it was the dulce base hum or oh something. i think okay now i remember that yeah but it's still a very interesting place i almost really this one. really I, this, interesting this place. was on my short list i figured you were probably gonna do it so i decided that good job pat 
to cut it out, but Paul Berkowitz was the guy that found it. Mm-hmm. Now, this guy was just like, he fits the stereotypical bill of some guy that's going to trump up some nonsense. It was founded in the nineteen late 1930s, yeah. right? Something like that. But he fits the bill of like, a, like an attention seeker. But there's still a lot of like connecting stories about the area. Mm-hmm. So yes. I would say most likely something's going on down there. Something pretty important's going on down there. Whether or not it's aliens, we don't know, but... They got some evidence of something down yeah, there. Yeah, definitely. So that's a very interesting one. New Mexico, there's a lot of shit going on in New Mexico. It's a very interesting state. Definitely. Very interesting state. We gotta make a trip out there. Definitely. Anyways, I got a place where you definitely cannot go. And I would be surprised if you do not have this one. Have you ever heard of North Sentinel Island? I have this one. Yes. Yeah. So I guess we could both dive into this one really quick. Sure. And this is like the forbidden place of forbidden places as far as I'm concerned. This is kind of the tippy top of the food chain when it comes to forbidden places for several different reasons. Now, this North Sentinel Island is an island in the Bay of Bengal, which is going to be south of India. Now, it's a pretty relatively remote island. There's not a whole lot. There's an archipelago where there's like a South Sentinel Island as well kind of attached to it. Aren't they like the Andaman Islands or something like that? Andaman and Andaman Islands. Yeah, something like that. And it's... Out pretty much in the middle of nowhere out in the Bay of Bengal, which I guess the nearest country is going to be India and maybe Sri Lanka is in the area. Mm-hmm. But we're talking pretty isolated out in the nowhere, uh, middle of nowhere. Yep. Now this is home to the Sentinelese or something. Sentinelese. Sentinelese, who is a tribe consisting of, I've read anywhere from 15 to 400. Yeah, 50 to 500 is what I've Sure. What I've seen. Sure. And these people are one of the last untouched tribes out in the world, basically. Yeah, they have not contacted, or we have not been able to contact them. Well, we've been able to contact them, but no one's ever left alive. Pretty much. <laughs> I guess there were some efforts back in the 80s where there was like kind of a little bit of something, and then they turned really hostile very quickly. Yep. And ever since then, the island has been basically quarantined off. There's been no... I'm pretty sure they're protected by the Indian government. It's illegal to fly over it. There's a perimeter of like nine miles. Like yeah, a diameter or whatever that you cannot travel anywhere near the island because of these people, and they're pretty, pretty violent. <laughs> they're very violent. They don't want to be bothered. They just want to be left alone. Correct. They don't want anything to do with the modern world or sure. technology or anything sure. like that. I guess they attempted to just kind of check out what it looked like during the aftermath of a tsunami in that yeah. area. Do you remember the 04 tsunami? I think this is. I think that's what I'm talking yeah. about. And the helicopter was flying over the island, and they were trying to throw spears at the <laughs> helicopter. <laughs> yeah. But the most recent thing was, I think, 2018, there was an American missionary idiot tried going in there, and uh, he ended up with uh, spears and arrows. Yeah, he he did not last too long. His name was uh, John Allen Shaw, 26-year-old yep. American missionary, trained and sensed by the Missouri-based All Nations. Now, they warned him, from what I understand. They warned Chow, like, don't come near, don't come. Sure. And he just continued to go. And that's, there. there is a certain level of arrogance with some of these missionaries yes. to think, oh, well, Jesus' word will conquer all. Apparently not. <laughs> <laughs> these people don't know what Jesus is, probably. Exactly. <laughs> More than likely. And it's ridiculous. So I didn't understand what the heck I was thinking about. But And I think I remember reading something, like, he was going to try it. Like, he was, like, well-publicized that like he was going to try to do this shit, like, before he did it. And it's like, yeah, this is not going to go well. What's, what's interesting is the islands around, obviously it's very isolated, but the other Andaman islands we've been able to come in contact and have somewhat of a relationship with the other indigenous people in those islands but which is interesting not north not north sentinel yeah they want nothing to do with anyone 
Yeah, there's been stories of like fishermen that have just kind of like lost their way and ended up yeah. there, and it's like it's over. There's a story of an escaped convict trying to escape and somehow got there, and he ended up dead. They found oh his body. God. Yeah, <laughs> that was in like the late 1800s, I think. And we're talking about such a level of isolation, and it's like if if these other if there are other islands with tribes on them that are responsive to modern human contact, this island has probably been like isolated. Like these people have been isolated by themselves for we're talking thousands and thousands, thousands of years. Of years. We're talking like fifty thousand years, probably. Probably of no contact, no outside influence. And what's crazy is we know absolutely nothing about this island. What's on it? What kind of animals are there? How they're, they're living. Their Obviously language. They're doing something that works. Yeah, I mean, they're obviously so there's gotta be probably some form of fresh water or something. Hunter gatherers. They're yeah. just your. I don't know. It, it, it's it's pretty incredible. How, it is uh, how the island's not that big. Yeah, it is very big. And it's its own world. Basically. How they how they've been able to continuously have resources on that little island. It, it's pretty incredible. Yeah, it is pretty crazy. And we don't know how many people. We don't know families, structure, anything. Because you think of other islands like Easter Island. Sure. They ran out of resources. Yeah. That's why it's basically abandoned today. Sure. How the hell are they still doing it? It's pretty crazy. Yeah, and the other thing, and I guess there's there's some good reason why it's quarantined, because number one, everyone talks about, well, we don't want to go there because chances are their immune system's not ready to handle anything that we bring in. Sure. The common cold could kill them or whatever. But on, this, on the flip side, people have been talking about, well, we also don't want to go there too, because who knows? They could have diseases that their culture don't know about. just been crushing for years and years and years based on, based on genetic immunity that could cause the next pandemic for us. Sure. So there's there's some decent reason as to why contact isn't advisable. I guess there have also been a couple of times where people have assumed that some natural disasters happen where they wipe the population out, but then they still they always come back. Like everybody figured the tsunami was going to be the end of them. That big tsunami in 2004. Nope, they're still there. They're still there. Still, still it's crazy. Plugging along. So keep keep rocking. I don't think yeah. anyone from North Sentinel Island is listening to 4:30 in the morning. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> That's probably one place we're never going to get to. <laughs> Anyways, what else you got today, sir? This one is pretty well known. Sure. Have you ever heard of Snake Island? Yes, and I did not do this one. So it's a good one. Also known as Ilha Quemada Grande. Very good. <laughs> That's impressive. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> also known as Snake Island is an island off the coast of Brazil. It's so dangerous that the Brazilian government has made it illegal for anyone to visit the island. The danger on the island comes from one of the deadly, most deadliest snakes in the world, the Golden Lance Head Pits Vipers. They can grow over a foot and a half long, and there are over there are between 2,000 and 4,000 of these snakes on the island. Now, a human bit by one of these bastards, without medical attention, you're probably going to die within an hour. Sure, yeah. But this place is actually a place for, like, thieves and smugglers, because I guess the... I guess the um, not smugglers, but um, I guess their venom is actually very, very valuable, and it's used in like some medicines and stuff for like, sure. heart issues and stuff like that. But basically, the scoop on this place is you're not allowed to go there because the place is crawling in snakes, and anyone who's ever tried to go there besides 
researchers that know what they're doing, they've all died. Not surprising. Yeah, I wouldn't go there. I would not. That that's like a nightmare to me. Terrible. Like I have dreams about like being like around like a ton of snakes, and it's t- Indiana Jones wouldn't like it. Yeah, he doesn't like snakes, does he? No, he does not. Good movies. Very good movies. We got to do an Indiana Jones episode. One they're, they're coming out with a new movie. The, yeah, the no. new one. Didn't like somebody die on the set or something absurd. I don't know. No, that was that was that. Uh, oh, the Alec. That Baldwin. was Alec Baldwin. Yeah. Anyways. What else you got? I got a, a one that um, this is a new one for me. This one I'm I can't say it's a new one, but this one was not on my radar prior to today. Sure. Have you ever heard of Gangkar Puensum? No. This is the highest mountain in the country of Bhutan, which Bhutan sits between India and China, kind of in the Tai Tibet region, kind of near there. Sure. It's close to Nepal. There are two tiny countries that are kind of like encapsulated by uh, India and China. Bhutan's one and Nepal is the other one. Now, this Gangkar Puensum Mountain, not only is it the highest mountain in Bhutan, it is the highest unclimbed mountain in the world. No one has ever climbed to the peak of this mountain, which is just crazy to me. Like, you feel like, was it Sound of Music or whatever the fuck where they sing the song Climb Every Mountain? Mm-hmm. Or is it Wizard of Oz? I don't know which one it is. But you would think that most mountains have been climbed. How is a mountain that's 7,500 meters tall never been climbed? Like, there's never been anyone that's ever summited it. You think every mountain on Earth has been climbed? Yeah. Some asshole's gone up there. I mean, if we're going up Everest and K2 and Mount Kilimanjaro. But maybe some peaks are just plain impossible to get to. Somebody climbed up the fucking Matterhorn. I can guarantee you someone's climbed up <laughs> the Matterhorn. If you're going to make that happen, you're going to climb every mountain, except for this one. Now, has this been climbed up because it's forbidden? Yes. Has not been climbed up because it's forbidden? It okay. is forbidden. Okay. The name means White Peak of the Three Spiritual Brothers. Hmm. And that's in the language Zhongja, which is spelled D-Z-O-N-G-K-H-A. And it lies on the border between Bhutan and Tibet, China, which there's debate as to whether or not Tibet should be its own country. That's a whole thing. Like the Dalai Lama is like the Tibetan monk or whatever, like the high priest. Mm-hmm. But they live in India because they can't go to Tibet because of China. Hmm. It's very complicated. Yeah. So I guess in 2003, mountaineering has been banned in Bhutan. Like you're not allowed to climb the mountains for whatever <laughs> reason. They say it's mostly spiritual because Bhutan is still a kingdom. It's a pretty, pretty much a pretty high power monarchy type thing sure so the spirit like if the monarch spiritual they can like say oh jesus or god or whoever the fuck creates the laws of the land basically through the monarch sure so i guess uh japan for some reason launched four expeditions in the 80s to try to climb it and uh they couldn't they couldn't figure out how to get up there so nobody's ever actually climbed it so are there like any type of theories as to why they can't climb it do people end up dead is there like a weird like uh, presence of spirituality around this area well, or there's a or combination like... of all of that the biggest reason and this is kind of ridiculous is nobody knows where it is <laughs> like the maps are completely like messed up over there and they can't really figure out like they can see it but they can't like figure out like where the hell it actually is sure so that that has posed some challenges in the past <laughs> there is one map that for whatever reason has it located in china and not bhutan which has confused people before and we're talking the himalayas like this is the most complicated mountain terrain just an absolute shit show of chaos this entire area so there's a combination of reasons as to why it has never been climbed i guess people have been trying to secure permission to climb it i guess japan had an expedition back in 1998 that got permission from the chinese mountaineering association but bhutan basically there's some political strife between bhutan and china 
Bhutan, and Bhutan put the Knicks on that. So Sounds about right. Yeah, it's very complicated, but it sounds like basically experts in the area are like, yeah, no one's ever actually going to climb this mountain. Wow, that's so, crazy. That is pretty interesting. I thought that, that was an interesting. interesting one. I've never, never heard about that one. I'm hoping that maybe maybe we, we have a listener out there in Bhutan that can shed some light on this, gain carpoon some mountain, give us some details as to what's going on. I would assume that maybe somebody might have climbed it, but it's, it's not part of public record. I mean, the mountaineering is illegal. You're not going to advertise the fact that you climbed the mountain, you know what I mean? Right. It just it, To me, it's a very interesting case. A lot of ins, a lot of outs. So, what else you got today? Have you ever heard of Pluto's Gate or the Plutonium? No. Located in the ancient city of Aeropolis, Turkey. It was once a site dedicated to the Roman god of death, Pluto. This was discovered in 2013, and it looked to have been somewhat destroyed by Christians in the 6th century AD. Sure. And the people of Aeropolis called it the Demon Hole. And no one ever went around it because they believed that it was a very dangerous place. According to ancient historian Strabo, any animal who passes meets death. He wrote that he threw in sparrows and they immediately breathed their last and fell. Now what's crazy is in 1965, scientists confirmed that this place actually has, like if you, you could possibly die if you go into this thing. That's terrifying. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. After measuring the CO2 concentration, they found out that at night when the temperature decreases and the CO2 becomes heavier than air, it forms some kind of lake at the bottom of the gate. At dawn, the concentration reaches its peak and any living being risks their life by getting there. However, at daytime, the site becomes safer. Because the sun dissipates the gas. Sure. So, if you go in that thing at night, you're dead. Sounds like it. It's pretty crazy. You won't find me there anytime soon. So, that place is uh, forbidden. Now, where was that again? That was in the ancient city, Aeropolis. Now, do you have any, like... Turkey. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. Yes. There's a lot going on in Turkey. There is a lot going on in Turkey. Got some co-workers from Turkey. Very interesting people. Very good people. Very nice people. Um, I'd always like to go there. That's one of the countries that I would like to go to, is Turkey. A lot of history there's there. There's a lot going on there. Gobekli Tepe, Istanbul. Yep. yep. A lot going on in Turkey. Definitely. It's kind of like the nexus of the universe, if you think about it. Definitely. Like, it's like the crossroads between Europe and Asia, the crossroads between plenty different cultures throughout the entire world there's yeah. so much like Istanbul especially there's so there's just everybody has crossed through Istanbul like the entire civilization of the western world basically is all crossed through that it's crazy that little city anyways I got one we're not going to Turkey though we're going to Ethiopia for this one nice have you ever heard of the church of Our Lady Mary of Zion I feel like I have this is one that I heard about a long time ago this is what got me interested kind of in like archaeology as like a pseudoscience because mm-hmm. I don't think it's a real science. But sure. This is a church in Ethiopia. It's an Ethiopian Orthodox Tiwahedo church. Have we talked about this one before? I feel like we have. It sounds so Damn it, familiar. I feel like we've talked about this one before. So I'm just going to do the, the, because I feel like we definitely have talked about this one before. I'm going to do the the the, uh, the Sparknose version. This is a church in Ethiopia where they claim that the Ark of the, Ark of the Covenant. Yeah, we've talked remains. about this. Okay, fuck. I forgot that we talked about this. It wasn't until I saw this Tiwahedo church that. <laughs> It didn't ring a bell. But this is where they say the Ark of the Covenant exists. Now, we can't go in there because only members of the Ethiopian Orthodox Church are allowed to like, go within the church. And to go down in the sanctum where they keep the Ark of the Covenant, there's only one priest that's allowed to go down there. And he has to spend his entire life inside the gates of the church. 
crazy. So well, if you look at it, you're gonna fucking melt, right? Yes. <laughs> and what's weird, and I didn't, I don't know if I talked about this on the last time that we mentioned this one, is every priest that has been like anointed as like the guardian of the tabernacle or whatever the fuck, they've all had these weird cataracts on their eyes that science can't explain. That's crazy. So that's very that's, that's interesting. Just, that's a very weird wrinkle in the story. That is really weird, isn't that? So that makes me believe it. God it's damn. like you hear about the Ark of the Covenant, how if you look at it, you die or you get cursed or something. Yeah. Very weird that these cataracts would show up. Mm. So, anyways. Interesting. Yes. What else you got? Have you ever heard of Fort Knox? Oh, yeah. Fort Knox is located in the state of Kentucky, just south of Louisville. One of the most, if not the most, heavily guarded places on Earth. I think I drove past that a few years ago. No shit? Yeah. The United States Billion Depository. Bullion. Bullion. (laughs) Did I say bullion? You said billion. My bad. (laughs) Bullion Depository, often known as Fort Knox, is a fortified vault building adjacent to the Fort Knox Army Post. It is operated by the United States Department of Treasury and stores over half the country's gold reserves. This place is at least the most heavily guarded vault in the world, and you can't really get close to it. The building is surrounded by two electric steel fences and a concrete and granite-lined reinforced steel-like barrier. I would just parachute in. Crazy. Now, none of the staff members have access to the vault. To gain access to it, they need to know several combinations but each staff member knows only one of them so they can only enter the vault with the help of their colleagues so fort knox contains 16,000 square feet of granite 4,200 cubic yards of concrete 750 tons of reinforced steel and 670 tons of structural steel treasury notes that the two-story basement and attic building is construction of constructed of granite steel and concrete the exterior dimensions measure 105 by 121 feet its height is 42 feet above ground level from the outside it resembles a fortress the vault weighing uh 20 tons and blast proof the door is 21 inches thick now nobody really knows the full extent of the security inside the building but there's a lot of different theories as to what is out there sure yeah now apparently there's landmines as well not surprising on, on the yard but this none of this is confirmed like, I would feel like somebody would have tried to, like, penetrate, like, layer two of the security. Like, oh, landmine blew up at Fort Knox again. <laughs> <laughs> right. But apparently there are theories of lasers in there, uh, theories that possibly it can fill up with gas if an intruder goes in there and they all die. It locks. Now, what like, kind of military regiment is deployed there? There's got to be somebody there. Well, it's on. It's it's basically on an army base. Okay. So there's like thousands of people are around there. Thousands okay. of army officers, yeah. and there there are dedicated people that work there. Sure. On a daily basis. So I just imagine it's like being like out in the middle of nowhere. It's like this like random building with like nobody right. to work in there. It, it it is like it does look like it's set off by itself. Sure. But, uh, yeah, you ain't getting in there. Nope. I'd like to go there, though, sometime. Yeah, I want to check it out. I've heard that it's haunted. Yeah, probably. I feel like Ghost Hunters tried to do an episode in there <laughs> or something. Of course they did. Anyways, I got a couple more real quick ones. Sure. This one's interesting. This one's called Mount Weather Emergency Operations Center. Did you hear about this one? No. Mount Weather Emergency Operations Center. It's a government command facility in the U.S. It's in Virginia, and it's used as basically, it's basically a like a massive FEMA camp, but it's also got the infrastructure in place to run the government to transport all the elites there it's kind of like what people think the denver airport is mm-hmm. it's like the virginia version of this basically <laughs> now it's been in nobody really knows when they built it i guess it just kind of popped up which is kind of interesting it's been around since at least the 50s and it's been like the backdrop of like movies before like the sum of all fears which is a jack ryan movie shit like that mm-hmm. has this 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 base type thing featured in it 
So it's basically like a reserve command facility for if shit hits the fan and they need to transport the government to an isolated place, it's going to be here. Sure. Now, they kind of know where it is, but they really don't know. Like, it's not like public knowledge exactly where this place is. You certainly can't get anywhere near it. Like, on a normal day, there's so much security around. And there's no evidence in terms of what is actually within the confines of the base itself or the command center, if you will. Mm -hmm. Now, it was used primarily before it became this, like, secret place it was used as like a weather center basically and there's like underground vaults and whatnot and i said they said that there's like sleeping quarters for like 2,000 people so you can Damn. put a lot of people here yeah and keep things going at least in terms of remote operation of the government if they need to like haul up and secure up there's a lot of radio facilities there's like even there's like a like a broadcast room like they can do like television broadcast right from this base and if they had to there's rumors and i don't know if this is true or not but there's rumors that Dick Cheney was using this as his base during 9-11, etc., hmm. etc. Et so, it's quite an interesting little compound. I'm assuming that FEMA probably operates a lot of what's going on with this place because, like, if a, a facility of this magnitude, there's got to be people regularly there to just maintain it. Right. Like, you can't have this huge compound that's going to sit completely vacant. Right. So, I'm thinking probably FEMA probably keeps a skeleton crew there using it for whatever the fuck FEMA does. And FEMA does a whole bunch of weird shit. I mean, they're, they're a whole little entity. But I guess is this base was so prominent back in like the 90s that uh who was that guy i was talking about um fuck i can't remember his name the author of behold a pale horse which is a book that i've talked about before i guess he was talking about this place as like part of the illuminati plot or something when was this place built it was built and nobody really knows exactly when it was built i wonder if i wonder if it was used during like the cold war or world war ii or anything like that um it was first brought to the public eye in 1974 okay because I guess, uh, I guess a, like a Boeing 20, 727 crashed into the base. Jesus. Which is crazy to think about. Well, you hide that off from know. the news. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's a very weird little place. Sounds very, like it. A lot going on. We'll probably never get to visit it. Probably not. So, anyways, what else you got? I it's, guess it's in the Shenandoah Valley, if that helps you at all. It does help. I'm That's sorry. Funny. Anyways, what else you got? Well, North Sentinel Island was my fifth one. Sure. So I, I did all mine. I got two more islands real quick then. Sure. Morgan Island, South Carolina. I guess this is an island off the coast of South Carolina. I saw Carolina. this one. 4,000 the... 4, rhesus monkeys? Yeah, monkeys. And I guess they're all infected with like HIV or something or herpes. So I guess you can't you can't go there. No, you <laughs> cannot <laughs> go there. <laughs> what the fuck? I never heard about this place before today. I... <sighs> I forget what that one was about. It, it didn't originally have monkeys. I guess it came from Port, Puerto Rico. Yeah, they came from Puerto Rico. And it was uninhabited, but now there's all these monkeys living there. I just, that, That's just a weird one to me. Yeah, I can't remember what... There was something weird going on with that place. I didn't get too much into it, but I guess nobody... I guess only like certain scientists can go there. Yeah, that's funny. And there's one more. This place is called Surtsey. And it's an island, I believe it's off the coast of Iceland somewhere, out in the North Atlantic. And it's the youngest island in the world, at least one of the youngest islands in the world yeah i think i saw this it's one. only been around since 1967 and it's like an actual island that's like a full like on island it's not like a little blip in the radar or whatever i guess a volcano erupted and it just like built up and somehow this island formed based on the sub oceanic volcano erupting basically sure so what they're doing and nobody can go there except for certain scientists is they're using it to see how an environment can naturally come to be and like plants are going on it now and animals are living on this island now which is pretty interesting to think about, considering it was just nothing, and now it's just an island that's only been there for 57 years. So they just want to see how everything evolves without human... Without human contact. Right. Now, the problem is there were scientists there 
and you get they they wash you down all the shit to make sure you don't have any seeds of anything. There's no way that you could possibly have anything. Right. Well, I guess one asshole showed up and he had previously eaten a tomato. With tomato seeds and took a shit on the island. Are you kidding and a tomato me? Tomato plant sprouted. Are you kidding me? And it like ruined the entire experience for everything. Unbelievable. The, all because this guy ate a tomato and a tomato seed shat out of him, <laughs> and then it this somehow dude, ended up fertilizing on the island. This dude just couldn't hold it. This dude couldn't well, you hold would think it. So, so that contaminated the island, and there's not now. There's a lot of people that are upset about it. Yeah, I'd be pissed too. Well, that place is called Surtsey, S-U-R-T-S-E-Y, in case you guys are interested in researching that one. I wonder how they found out he shit on the island. That's the surprise. That's the surprise of seeing a tomato plant spring up. All right, only, all right, guys. There's only a whole, there's not a whole lot of... Who took the shit? I don't know. That's Anyways, rough. that's rough. So that's all I got with mysterious forbidden places. I might have one on top of my head. Speaking of seeds, there's that place in Norway. Oh that's yeah, the, li- the 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 seed vault, I think it's called. Yeah, and it's basically a building in the side of a mountain in Norway, and it holds millions of seeds in case there was a you know something bad were to happen and we were to need seeds to grow plants and stuff. Yeah. It's it's all housed there. That's a pretty cool facility. Yeah, up in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, middle of freaking nowhere. Definitely can't go there. Definitely could not go there. So, any more, any more uh, facilities, any more forbidden places? Nope, that's all I got. They came together pretty well. Now, a lot of these are pretty well talked about. There's a lot of people that have talked about similar places before, but I thought we brought sure. our, own, our own flavor of comedy to this discussion. So. I think so. I think that was an enjoyable episode, all things told. If you know any forbidden places... Please tweet us at 30 and now maybe you live in a forbidden place. If you were able to go into these forbidden places, please tweet us at 30 and though we want to hear your account on how these places were. Yes, definitely. Maybe one of these days we could do like a live episode from one of these forbidden places. That'd be pretty cool. Yes. So we'll look into seeing if we can make that happen. Particularly North Sentinel Island. I'm not going there. You can, you and Tim can do an episode over there. Well, Tim will be one with these people. Tim yeah, knows all Tim about will, spears Tim and arrows. Bring all his, yeah, he would, if there was ever an ambassador that could like bond with these people, it would probably be Tim. Uh, <laughs> Maybe he's got one shot to literally make contact. Tim would probably be the perfect option. That's hilarious. Anyways, uh, thank you guys for listening. Please tweet us. Please comment on Facebook. Please let us know what you guys think about the show. Please keep recommending it to your friends. We keep picking up weird, random new listeners. So if you're a new listener, please share the show with whoever you like to. Um, and go back and listen to the old episodes, please. Definitely. There's definitely a lot of good content out there. Uh, the Con Artist was a good one. That was a fun episode. That was probably one of our better ones recently. Uh, Lightning was a good one. And Aliens Part 7 is still getting hits. It's tied the landscaping episode for the second most, and it's probably going to take over. I don't understand that. So, again, we don't know what the hell happened with that one. But we got a lot we'll of good content it. out there. A lot of the shit that we probably talked about today, we probably talked about before. So Probably. But it de- is, definitely check out some of the older episodes. Yes, please keep sharing the show. Please keep liking the show. We're getting pretty consistent feedback, pretty consistent content out there. So, it's only going to get better. Definitely. So Definitely. We and, enjoy it. We enjoy it. Yeah, it is a lot of fun. If nothing else, it's kind of fun to do. So. Definitely. Anyways, on that note, it's about time for us to get out of here. So thank you very much, guys, for listening. Peace. Uber Eats delivery man walks on court, interrupts Duquesne Loyola game. Duquesne. That's how you say that? Yes. Duquesne? <laughs> Why is it spelled Duquesne? Duquesne. <laughs> <laughs> like. Duquesne. Duquesne. Yep. Cut. Wow. (laughs) 
do I do I blame uh who do I blame for this? The French. Unbelievable. Cut. Filmmaker Jeremy Corbell and his co-presenter, journalist George Knapp, <laughs> discuss the image of the... <laughs> Fuck. These two motherfuckers. Okay. Cut. Sorry. Filmmaker Jeremy Corbell and his co-presenter... God damn it. See, I respect George Knapp as the worst part about this. I love this guy. <laughs> Jeremy Corbell. I, every, just, I, just, I, just, I just can't get his face <laughs> out of my head. The way this dude, like his face. Who, George Knapp or Jeremy Corbell? Jeremy Corbell. Yeah, they're both. Well, George Knapp looks like a weird... He looks like, he looks like Bill Clinton and Jimmy Carter combined. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But I like George Knapp. Anyways, cut. You good? She going? Uh, I don't know. She said she'd text me if she decides. I'm saying my car out of there. But she rolled over and put all the covers back on her, so. No, that sounds too appetizing. That didn't look too, too. Uh, didn't seem like it. So we'll we'll find out. Sorry about that. Cut. It was first brought to the public eye in 1974. Okay. Because I guess, uh, I guess, a, like a Boeing 727 crashed into the base. Jesus. Which is crazy to think about. Well, you hide that off from know. the news. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's a very weird little place. Very Sounds like it. A lot going on. We'll probably never get to visit it. Probably not. I guess it's in the Shenandoah Valley. If that helps you at all. It does help. So maybe... Maybe... <laughs> wonder if John Denver's been there. I almost made a terrible joke. I said, well, if the 727 crashed into it, maybe John Denver's the one that crashed. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> God. God. I'm That's sorry. Funny. Anyways, what else you got? 